Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi. Siri. Welcome to High Theory. In this podcast, we get high on the substance of theory. I'm Kim Adams. And I'm Sharonik Bushu. We are two tired academics trying to save critique from itself. In this episode, I am talking with Sharonik about dogs. That is correct. I am so excited about this episode. I've been, I've been dreaming. About, I haven't literally dreamt about this episode. Excellent. Uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, this seems like a very silly question to ask, but since it's our standard question, what yes. the heck is a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I thought you were gonna ask what the heck is what the heck are dogs in theory? Um, <laughs> I want to know what a dog is first. <laughs> I do not know what a dog is. That is an that is a question that I have sought the answer for and failed uh, with good reason, I think. Um, but I think I, so. I love dogs, which is an understatement. But that you know, we don't have time for the actual statement. Mm-hmm. And I'm also one of those people who didn't grow up having a dog, and I think. Like we are a special subset within the group of dog lovers, like people who didn't grow up with a dog. Yes. Because I think there's a special kind of like sweet desperation to our love. Aww. Uh, and uh, so I think the dog or like the love of a dog is the best thing to take us out of ourselves and undermine our narcissism. So it sucks that we often use them for you know narcissistic purposes. Today's theoretical dogs were also like very real dogs are from this essay called The Companion Species Manifesto by Donna Haraway, which is from 2003. And Donna Haraway, uh, her more famous essay, of course, is The Cyborg Manifesto. And she's a professor emerita at UC Santa Cruz. Uh, and also, okay, also shout out to the magical Elaine Friedgood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have both been taught by her. So we both know the magic. Yes. But the shout out is because I first read this essay for one of our courses. So I'm going to like quote a lot of things today because I really like her language. Mm-hmm. And so she says, dogs are about the inescapable contradictory story of relationships, constitutive relationships in which none of the partners pre-exist the relating and the relating is never done once and for all. And I think that is so sweet. Wait, 
And oh, you've got to parse that. What okay. what what the heck does that mean? Because I think what it means that like. Uh, Can you read it again? Yes. So she says dogs are about the inescapable contradictory story of relationships. Constitutive relationships in which none of the partners pre-exists the relating and the relating is never done once and for all. So I think what she means is like, I think the sort of best lesson to take from this would be like, we might think that, uh, you know, we as humans exist prior to the dog, but uh, the kind of people we are without dogs, we don't exist as those people like independent of the dog. Okay. So... So I think, you know, to put it even more simply, which is basically what we should do, mm. is that dogs change us in ways that we don't always account for. Uh, do you mean individual dogs or like the domestication of dogs in the human history? I think both. I think, and she, yeah, yeah. So in, in the essay, she sort of, she's very clear about the fact that I think she's talking about both. Okay. And so I think, so the human dog dyad or the human dog relationship, I think she thinks of it as this sort of unique coming together of instinct and training. And she uses this sort of composite word, nature culture, like one word, nature culture um, for it. And so I think like what's very clearly apparent, like in the human dog relationship can be said of other companion species as well, you know, species, including humans who have sort of evolved together. Okay. And uh, so we have developed our languages and phraseology and figurations of companionship based on these relationships. And Mm -hmm. she says, Earth's beings are prehensile, opportunistic, ready to yoke unlikely partners into something new, something symbiogenetic, co-constitutive companion species and co-evolution are the rule, not the exception. Flesh and figure are not far apart. Tropes are what make us want to look and need to listen for surprises that get us out of inherited boxes. Uh, yeah, which is which is which is a ton of things I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that but, one's going to be pricing too. But wait, I have a, I have a more fundamental question before you yes. go on. By companion species, do you mean or does she mean that? Like, does she mean social animals in the sense that, like, humans are a species in which there is companionship? Or does she mean... No, no, no. She means between species. species. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she, the idea of companion species is larger than dogs. But I think we can, we can think of dogs both as sort of emblematic and also, uh, like, it's the most, it's the one relationship that is in front of us in a very... Uh, like there's a lot of attention already on it, so it's easier to study, I guess. Wait, are you a companion species with the birds <laughs> outside your window? Oh my god, the third, <laughs> the, the third degree grilling. Uh, yes, I I would hope that they consider me as companion species, although they don't really care about my existence. <laughs> I definitely care a lot about their existence, but yeah, they care about you too. Maybe that's why they're singing for you. That is true. They do sing a lot outside this window. Okay. Anyway, so let's get back to that quote. Can you read it again? Yes. Uh, Earth's beings are prehensile, opportunistic, ready to yoke unlikely partners into something new, something symbiogenetic, 
uh, flesh and figure are not far apart. Tropes are what make us want to look and need to listen for surprises that get us out of our inherited boxes. I think one, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to claim that I like absolutely understand this, but I think what she means is that there is a certain kind of immediacy and sort of tangibility to the actual real relationship, relationship between human and dog. Okay. But like dogs also sort of permeate our language. They are the source of many of our metaphors and tropes. Mm. Okay. And the figural aspects of the dog is sort of uh, useful in understanding how far they have contributed to our evolution as a species. Okay. So then perhaps this is a good point for me to ask my next question. Yes. Which is, how do I use dogs in theory? Brilliant. Um, I think it's a way to sort of de-instrumentalize and like de-accessorize dogs and acknowledge that we evolve vis-a-vis them as we evolve vis-a-vis all companion species. And, you know, we can definitely sort of, in a very real sense, we can use dogs in theory to fight horrible breeding practices. And I think Haraway, Haraway channels a lot of the rhetoric that rescue programs use. The sort of the underlying tenet of a breeding program is the dog from inception to death is nothing but an object for your use in that case uh but in the sense of like rescue programs you are basically uh you know affording a certain kind of respect to the species and you are helping them as opposed to sort of creating them just for your use i think we have created this being for our uh, predominantly aesthetic uh, use, which has biological problems that are of our own creation. And that's just horrendous. Um, okay, so. How will the theory dogs save the world? <laughs> theory dogs? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you didn't ask how will dogs save the world because that's a rhetorical question. Um, so. Okay, so I think, so Haraway argues yeah. against the idea. So she says that the, this, this very popular idea that dogs love us unconditionally is is actually like a pernicious idea. Mm. And she calls it, again, this is like a bombshell of a phrase. Yeah. She calls it the neurosis of caninophiliac narcissism. The neurosis of caninophiliac narcissism? Narcissism, yes. Okay. Because she says that, when we when we say that dogs love us unconditionally, it sort of absolves us of a kind of interspecies responsibility. Mm, okay. And she says, I quote, the dog's value and life does not depend on the human's perception that the dogs love them, which I think is very, very true. Mm. Um, and uh, sorry, what was the, what was the question? <laughs> sorry. So how will the theory dog save the world? Yes. Uh, can I just like, I'm just going to sum up yeah. everything I'm feeling right now in one sentence. So I think, I think the way we think about dogs yeah. should help us resist uh, our tendency. And like this almost like uh, irresistible tendency to collapse or reduce the world onto the human. Like, I think the least likely sort of animal or species that we can think of in this respect is the dog because the dog is the most humanized of species. So I think that's what 
that's the uh, brilliance of Haraway's intervention, which is that she is sort of creating a split between this very easy equation that we have between us and dogs. Uh, and sort of sort of like giving us pause to think about it. Okay. So Okay, so how will dogs save the world? How will dogs save the world? Yeah. Uh because well, I mean, a world without dogs is not really worth living in. I mean. Okay. So, so they save the world by existing. There you go. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> This is it for our episode on dogs. We hope that you uh, recognize the interspecies relationship between you and every dog in the world. And if you have one, uh, edit behind the ears. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to High Theory. If you like our podcast, please review and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Patreon, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us at hightheory.net. Owen Quinn composes our theme music, and Kim Adams and Sharonic Bosu edit our audio. We hope you have a highly theoretical day.